I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. As always, I am Boyd Matheson, and we're going to dive right into it. We got our friend and independent pollster Scott Rasmussen on the line with us. Scott, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Boyd? <laughs> doing well. We're uh, we're doing oh, the. Uh, in there for your second hour. Huh? That's right. It is second hour time here on Inside Sources. We've expanded one to three p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday, uh, which means we're going to have Scott Rasmussen on, on much, much more, which everybody will love. Uh, but we always appreciate your insight, Scott, and uh, in particular, you uh, you texted me last week and said, "Hey." Uh, what, what if I talk about bootleggers and Baptists uh, as relating to the pandemic? Uh, and I admit I had a little a little head scratch moment. And I thought, no, Scott's got a story there. Uh, your your sense, not just of great polling and the pulse of the American people, but of history uh, is always uh, so enlightening uh, to all of us. So give us a little backstory as it relates to the Prohibition era, bootleggers and Baptists. And what what in the world does that have to do with a pandemic? Well, you know, this it involves a theory of the way political regulations come about, and it was really first told by Bruce Yandel, um, who uh, had been an executive director at the FTC and held a number of other government positions, so he knew how it worked. And he said that when you have, you know, push for a, a reform or a major regulation, a major change, there's two groups involved: the Baptists and the bootleggers. One group, true believers. So the Baptists. They wanted to get rid of alcohol consumption. They, they thought alcohol was evil, and, you know, whatever they could do to get rid of it was great. The bootleggers, uh, they wouldn't normally hang out with the Baptists, of course, but they loved what the Baptists were doing because they made a lot of money on it. As long as alcohol was illegal, you know, if you couldn't sell it legally, the bootleggers were cleaning up. And so what happened is the bootleggers would provide financial resources for the Baptist campaigns. And the Baptist would be the moral high ground people who a politician could go and hang out with. And the bootleggers had ways of persuading legislators uh, in private. And, you know, this is, uh, it's, it's the way politics happens. You do have people who are true believers on issues, but you also have people who benefit from them. And when the two come together, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. So, uh, and today, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, let's, uh, so let's apply that uh, as, as we look at coming out of the uh, 
the pandemic. Who are the bootleggers? Who are the Baptists? And uh, what does it mean for the rest of us? Yeah, well, I think the bootleg or the the true believers these days are people who you know are, are they really want strict health protocols. They're the people who are saying we can't let up on our restrictions of the pandemic. We can't give up on wearing masks. And if you get a vaccine, you still shouldn't go see people. You know, there's there is a and, and by the way, this is not knocking anybody. This is just there is a belief yeah. um, that that. We have to be super careful. And so if you, if you want to attend a wedding reception, well, you ought to have a vaccine passport or else you shouldn't be allowed to go. So those are the true believers. And they kind of roll their eyes at people who are a little less strict on things, probably the way people rolled their eyes at the Baptist way back when. Uh, but the bootleggers in this case, if you're selling tests and vaccines and masks, uh, this is a great opportunity for profit. Uh, if everybody has to be tested and vaccinated all the time, wow, you have an enormous windfall backed by government regulations, and it grows dramatically if new vaccines are required to deal with variants or people you know, are encouraged to wear masks forever. And um, you know, I think it's really important to note, when I talk about this theory, people have that economic interests. That doesn't mean they're evil. Right. People are true believers. That doesn't mean that they're wrong. Uh, but when the two team up, uh, it becomes a combination that other people have a hard time overcoming. Yeah. And I think that's where we are today. Yeah, I, I think that's such a, an interesting point in terms of looking at it. And it is, uh, to just to be very clear, it's not to cast aspersions on on the true believer uh, in terms of, of mass or distancing or whatever it may be. Uh, and it's not to cast aspersion on any particular industry or group of people uh, who are, are working through and providing some solutions uh, to the pandemic. Uh, but it, it raises the question, Scott, and the thing I think we all have to think through is that we, we actually do need to think a little harder uh, about some of these things so that we're not just having that reflexive, oh, yeah, I'm on this side or I'm on that side. It's a much more complicated conversation we should be having. It, it is a more complicated conversation. And I think one of the really important lessons um, uh, from the earlier prohibition example is that prior to prohibition, um, most counties in the U.S., almost three out of four counties, banned the sale of alcohol. They were dry counties. Mm. Uh, after Prohibition, because of the way the whole thing blew up, uh, alcohol sales became legal everywhere. So the bootleggers and the Baptists won a short-term victory with that one constitutional amendment, but the end result for their cause was a huge step backwards. And, uh, you know, we could end up in a similar situation uh, in this case, if people push too hard for things that the public is going to reject, um, maybe we'll get to a point where people are less conscious of safety than they should be. And, uh, you know, a survey I did uh, last week showed that two out of three voters have recently taken part in activities that the CDC says they shouldn't. Things like eating dinner in an indoor restaurant or attending large gatherings or concerts or church in person. So you've got two out of three people are already doing these things. Uh, if you try to clamp down on it too much, you're probably going to pr provoke a backlash. Yeah, and I think that's uh, an important thing uh, we have here in the state of Utah. Of course, uh, the, the mask mandate is scheduled to end this coming Saturday on the 10th. 
And uh, again, the conversation should be something very different. It, it shouldn't just be just because we can do something doesn't mean we should, uh, nor do we need, uh, you know, finger wagging or finger pointing or any of those things as well. Uh, we really got to change the conversation. Right. And look, I think um, just like alcohol can be a very bad thing um, in moderation for a lot of people, it's a good thing or it's certainly not causing societal harm. Uh, so if you just have a conversation about is alcohol good or bad, well, you've missed the point. And social distancing and health care things and even things like washing your hands, very important for health going forward. Uh, but it's not going to be a simple question of all or nothing. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's another critical point. It's uh, this is not uh, the, the uh, what I always say. We, we end up with a fake fight and a false choice in the end. Uh, and there's a lot right. of things in between that we can uh, we can actually get to. And I, I think above all, I think we have to remember uh, something we've been talking about here in the state of Utah from the beginning. And that is, you know, regardless of what the social distance is, uh, we still need to make sure we've got space for some social grace uh, to actually get us through. You know, um, a theologian whose work I loved once told, once said or wrote that uh, we should always give to others the grace that we apply to ourselves and always judge ourselves the way we judge others. Uh, and uh, if we do that, uh, we'll have a much different perception of the world around us. Yeah, absolutely. Scott Rasmussen, uh, Independent Pulser, always appreciate your perspective. And if nothing else today, uh, you've got a title for a great book, The, the Bootleggers, The Baptists, and The 2020 Pandemic. <laughs> thanks boy <laughs> thanks scott great to have you with us all right we're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break uh when we come back final segment for the first extended inside sources here stay with us much more to come on inside sources on ksl news radio two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport there's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.